Uh, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. It's gonna be alright. Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Brady, and this is We Could Have Been Doctors, the name of our podcast, because with the amount of time we've spent watching the Steelers, we could have been doctors in some field. I'm 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 thinking we we talk about um the game because this is a podcast about the Steelers. Sure. And I, I'm I'm thinking we talk about the first half and second half separately, as yeah. one does with games. Let's not get too specific though. Let's not get too specific here. Um so set the scene for those of you that haven't seen the game, which I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't. Picture Steelers, it if you will. Picture this if you will. Steelers are down 24-7. 24-7. But the Pittsburgh defense is looking okay. We're, we're looking like, hey, we got some linebackers making plays. We got some cornerbacks playing like linebackers. Linebackers making plays. Cornerbacks playing like linebackers. Um, we, we've got a, a, a massive Steelers defensive play that, that, that set up the seven points going into the half. Seven points at the end of the half, <laughs> starring Josh Radner, and and we've got what looks like coming out of the half an anemic offense that some would say is been characteristic of this couple game slide that the Steelers have been on. But all of a sudden, characteristic anemia. Exactly, but all of a sudden, the knight in shining armor shows up. Our Gandalf on the hilltops, our saving grace. Ben Roethlisberger calling the plays. Sir Roethlisberger reigns from atop. It's it's been reported that Ben Roethlisberger started calling the plays in the second half, and that is literally the entire reason why we won that game. Um, how much of that I can actually find credible, I'm not sure, because Ebron said that the plays that he started calling were ones that they had practiced, but it was Ben calling them, so it's not like it was just Ben drawing up backyard football plays. It was, hey, these are things we've done, but he took the control from Finkner and was like, Shove it, kid. Juju claimed that it was written up by Ben that like it, that this was things that he was just going off his memory. So it's yeah. a question: of, Do we believe Sir Droppington or Sir Dance a lot? I think it's a little combination of both because Juju said that it was things that he was pulling from last year's playbook and he was pulling things from the past. So maybe to Ebron, it was like, oh, like he's you know like maybe like studied the playbook and saw him in there. He thought something, I don't know. All I'm saying is that is the offense looked insane. When you go from not being able to move the ball at all, the only seven points we scored is because we actually got the ball on the Indy three yard line in that first half to all of a sudden mounting this just absolute monumental comeback with minimal drops, uh, a run game. Again, that was kind of there, kind of not hand wavy. I'd say James Conner looked decent on a couple plays. I'm not going to lie. So that was a little nice to see, but all of a sudden you go from seven points, you go on a 21 point run. It, it was like, as if we couldn't be stopped, which again, begs the question, why is Randy Finkner even there calling plays? I think it's quite possible. Think about it. If we win this Super Bowl, if we're able to pull this together the turning point of our season, which is weird because it's a 12 and three season to this point, you know, so the, the fact that there's a turnaround to be had when you start at 11 and out, but the turnaround of our season quite possibly is that bomb to Deontay Johnson actually reminded me of when Hodges 
threw to him against the Browns in the end zone. It was at the end of the half. And it was yeah. Like, I know that one, sandwich, that one was sandwiched between yeah. two defenders. But this one, the way that Ben put it right over his shoulder. If um, he overthrows that just a little bit more, Deontay jumping wouldn't get it. If he underthrows it, it's swatted by the defensive back. Like that throw was probably the only place that Deontay could actually catch it. And maybe, it, it, and maybe this would be possible if you can demonstrate this um, on our YouTube channel. We, could, we should have been doctors. Uh, we could have been doctors on YouTube. Um, but if you demonstrate on the touchdown to Juju um, that on that touchdown, Ben throws a really quick uh, pump fake to Ebron underneath and it draws the defense in and allows that touchdown to go over two defenders to Juju, which is, it's weird how defenses have acclimated to our quick passing attack, but what might be helping us, maybe this has been the long ruse. We're, we're just waiting to break it out now, but now that defenses know how to plan for that, if Ben does these two second pump fakes, um, which he's always been good at pump faking, but if he pump fakes short and then goes over the top, that could be a new mold for the offense. I just didn't know if I had the confidence in Ben to deliver those long passes, because I really do think that there's a problem with his knee um, and he's not being able to step in to his throws. Which, which is something that they talked about. He's got uh, arthritis in his knee. So it is something that we're aware of and that he is kind of just been playing through it at, at, at this point. God, it's weird to hear that an NFL quarterback has arthritis in his knees. Although I do think that Todd Gurley has also um, arthritis in his knees as well. So uh, I guess Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Gurley are making up the all arthritis team um, this, this season. Yeah. Which, you know, it's acceptable. Uh, speaking of Ben, uh, because his seat, his his regular season's over. They gave Mason the start for this upcoming Browns game. Um, Mason revenge game. Don't get hit in the helm. Don't get hit with the helmet. Uh, ben finished the season with three thousand eight hundred and four yards, thirty three touchdowns, and ten interceptions. Yeah, that's a you know about three and a you know three and a third touchdown for every intercept uh, and every interception throw you know think about it if like every game he threw three touchdowns he's throwing only one pick to it that's a pretty great season yeah, for a guy really who was counted out by a lot of people probably even us at the beginning of the season as well yeah it's it's acceptable. It, it's kind of what, what, what you would expect. Um, I mean, some of those, it, it, like you can even write off maybe three or four of those interceptions, like the garbage time ones that he throws are the ones that were practically just a pun. There's so, like, many of those. <laughs> so, so many of them. So, I mean, his stats even look better than that, but um, it, 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 it kind of just goes to show where we, we really needed Ben to perform and we needed him to perform well to really do anything this this season especially on offense and 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 that I think is a testament to this past game where if it is true that it was him who started calling plays and it and and it and it really is just backyard Ben running around pump faking drawing up routes calling whatever that uh, we I don't I don't know if that's replaceable so I I think this game against Cleveland really misleading thing about Ben and I think you know, there was even probably a time that a lot of Steeler fans believed it too, but Ben was always an athletic freak because he was like this big dude who could wriggle out of interception. I mean, wriggle out of sacks and, you know, make these big plays. But I think we've doubted how, you know, intelligent of a quarterback he is. And it's because he makes some of these boneheaded mistakes. Like he's thrown some picks at the end of the half, um, just like to chuck a bomb when we could have had a field goal, but there's like passes like his previous full season 
where he would throw interceptions with like the game on the line where we're trying to um, keep running clock. He throws these dumb plays. Uh, even in this last game, when we we're trying to run out the clock and get a first down, we threw a pass to Deontay Johnson on a drag route and he went out of bounds, you know? So he makes these, I think it's because he has these big dumb mistakes that we forget that he is actually a really intelligent quarterback. I hate um, a couple of those play calls that seem to be our, our go-to. Number one is where we got someone running a drag with Juju. It's been to the right side of the field. Deontay has been to the left and we're calling it on like third and nine or third and eight. And the only open route or the only route that Ben ever throws to is that under route that gets, doesn't even get to the line of scrimmage. I think our offense might be forgetting that neither Juju nor Deontay are Antonio Brown in their peak, you know, in the peak yeah. of his career, because that's fine. If it's a B I, didn't you always feel good when like third down came around because you had Antonio Brown and Ben, you know, that connection. And you always knew with a B that, even if he got hit a yard or two short, he was going to muscle his way to that first down, which Juju's shown a little bit of that. But De- if Deontay or Claypool tried to do it, I'd be a little scared. Deontay just because he seems to drop the ball a lot and Claypool because he's a taller wide receiver, but he's not like that physically imposing in my view, at least. I don't know. But that 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 being said, whilst we're still talking about quarterbacks, uh, we could address the elephant in the room of Mason Rudolph's last start versus the Cleveland Browns, where uh, he had a PFF quarterback grade of 39.9 through 23 for 44, one touchdown, four interceptions. And that is the only memorable thing that happened that game. Is just Yeah, I don't remember anything else. I'm pretty sure there was – stars sure, all over the I'm field not sure the he remembers anything <laughs> i'm not sure if mason rudolph even remembers playing in that game but um he's had time to adjust he's had time to grow as a quarterback another year under ben um and i think our saving grace for this is i mean we'll be watching the active roster at least but hopefully josh dobbs is suiting up this this week um Ben did make a statement saying that he didn't want to step on anyone's toes, whether Mason or Dobbs, which is exactly what he said, whether Mason or Dobbs suit up this week, he doesn't want to step on anyone's toes, but he's always there if he, if, if he needs to be. So I, I think the consensus that I've gotten from listening to interviews, he, hearing press stuff is that even though we're resting starters, we're not, we're not actually trying, like we're not giving up on this game. Uh, because nope. Ben is the only reported starter to be not yeah. playing right now. That means Hayward and his injuries is still in. I don't know. You know? Hayward did have an interview with the Pat McAfee show today where he didn't say that he was not out, but he didn't say that he was in. He said that like, you know, Pat was trying to pry him for it. And, and I think you can almost guess that Hayward to it, Watt, um, Hayden, and maybe a couple others on defense might be out just so that they're nice and healthy going into the going into the postseason. I mean, um, TJ is a, is probably you know he's got a good case for being defensive player of the year. I don't. I really doubt that he is going to want to jeopardize that. Yeah, I think he's going to play this last game. If anything, he'll play at least a half, or he'll play a half if he doesn't play the full game. Um, one last point on offense before we move on over to defense. Um, I did mention that our running game looked good, which maybe I'm blind because uh, it, we actually had 14 carries for 21 yards. So I take back everything I said about anything like that. Um, and apparently, as 
as one does when you're looking through the stats. Um, our run game was, um, it was just a third quarter first and goal from the one yard line where Bunny, where Benny Snell can, got stuffed. Um, and that stands out to me with this run game because after running the ball one time, getting stuffed on the one yard line, not getting it, we decided to pass the ball three times in a row and turn the ball over on downs. So I don't know. I, I'm optimistic that our run game will maybe find itself this week because without Ben, we're going to need to rely on something that isn't passing. I've got, you know, Mason's a quarterback. He's on the team for a reason, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. I have a feeling that, I mean, with, with the way that the team rallied behind Mason, um, even though he didn't get the start much more um, going forward, um, there must be a huge chip on a lot of the Steelers players' shoulders. I, I got a feeling that in the same way that like when Drew Brees gets hurt for a couple games, the Saints defense steps it up like crazy um, and they play like elite football. I, I have some feeling that there is um, – the, the Steelers players do not want this Browns team in the playoff. It's very likely a team that we could face if we – if uh, we both make it to the playoffs. So I don't think that any of these other guys are going to, you know, sashay their way through this one. Yeah. I feel like it's about time we talk about the, the defense for that game. Yeah, that's good. I think my okay. last word on the offense is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so as well. I think we could leave the offense on a high note, hope the boys rally behind Mason, pull it together, no matter who's starting, no matter who's in there get a w it, it, it doesn't matter any given sunday we don't care um so speaking of the defense um linebacker avery williamson had a pretty decent game uh we picked him up from the jets mid-season you know we started getting the bush injuries and spillane and everything uh avery williamson had nine stops two for losses um he was all over the field we also speaking of notable performances on the defense other than TJ Watt, which is a given Mike Hilton uh, stepped up with the, he's, he stepped, Mike Hilton set up an easy touchdown for us. He's the one who recovered the fumble that we got on the three yard line. He's actually the NFL AFC. I mean, he's the AFC defensive player of the week. He had four tackles for a loss, two passes defended, an interception, and a fumble recovery. So, yes, so, someone's going to back the the Brinks truck up for that guy. It's probably not going to be us. Uh, yeah, it, I was about to say it's like such a bittersweet thing because the dude has been such a solid player over the years. But there's no way. He, I hope he gets a really big contract. So the best best way we could say it is hope he delivers us the Super Bowl and then he gets money, you know, wherever else he's going. Because I don't I don't think we're going to be able to give it to him the way that he needs it. Yeah, that's a little preview for the post-postseason podcast where we talk about the Steelers' money troubles and owing Big Ben $42 million. Back we'll to the starring Emilio Estevez as Brady and Mike Myers as Josh. All right, I'll, I'll appreciate that. Um, just to wrap up some thoughts on the defense, Rivers was also sacked five times, two of which were by... TJ Watt, who's the NFL sack leader, who now has 15 sacks on the year. Um, Indianapolis entered that game allowing only 16 sacks all season. So giving up five in one game that, and that's a stout offensive line. There's honestly not 
yes, they had, they, like, they had injuries. So I'm that's going to – Both of their tackles were out. Both their tackles went out, and then I think didn't one of their guards go out or, or one of their backup tackles went out, and they had to put a backup backup tackle in in the middle of the game. So, yes, oh, that – Oh, old, old Ben days, old Robin's <laughs> birthdays. We know, we know what that, that feeling's like. Yeah, we – Oh, but definitely Rivers do. Rivers is a quick thrower. He is, um, you know, completing – he, you know, going into this, he's completing about 80% of his passes. So even even with a depleted line, we were still able to mess with these guys a little bit more um, than we thought. So it's important to mention that TJ is leading the league in sacks, like you said, with 15. He leads the league in tackles for loss with 23. Uh, he has 40, 42 QB hits, which also leads the league. He's only the 14th player in NFL history with at least 14 and a half sacks in back-to-back seasons. And it's just the sixth time since 1993. So it's becoming less and less prevalent. And this is true. This is crazy. You think about all the linebackers we've had, we've had Harrison, we've had, um, you know, we've had Gildan, we've had uh, Jack Ham, we've had Lambert. We had all these guys, but he's the first player in Steelers history with 14 plus sacks in multiple seasons. So the the dude is is even better than he's billed. If he doesn't win defensive player of the year, it would be a massive snub. And I'm honestly not sure who they would give it to over him at at this point. Um, it was nice having Vince Williams back for this game. Um, I, I definitely think his presence was felt. It was huge. Huge. His presence was felt all over the field. Um, I believe he had the mic, which makes sense because he's experienced. He's got knowledge of the game. And I got a couple quotes from him or just things that he said. And one of them was... I love Vince. You got to love Vince. One of them was Phil Rivers and Tom Brady are the smartest quarterbacks I've ever played against. They stress you mentally on every play, which which is something that I think a lot of people don't really understand about the play style of Philip Rivers, how he is constantly changing the play at the line that entire game. Like he was constantly chirping. They, I mean, they even got a couple delay of game penalties because he was doing so many changes at the line. Something that as a defensive player, you have to be ready for all these contingencies and scenarios. No, of course. And you know, that, you know, that whole idea of, uh, getting in that mindset, playing against that smart quarterback. I mean, the last time we played Phillip Rivers, it was the Chargers last year. And Mike Hilton had a big game that one as well. Um, so, you know, these that that is the pro and con of these smart quarterbacks that you faced a few times. Yes, they're smart, but you start to pick up um, these tendencies. I'm pretty sure this is the first time Ben's seen Darius Leonard um, and a lot of maybe even DeForest Buckner. So just a lot of these players are seeing Ben for the first time, despite having a a really, you know, uh, an extensive career. So I don't know. I feel good. We're going into the playoffs. We essentially are getting a bye week here if we want to treat it like that. Um, For the podcast, though, uh, and talking about this upcoming week, we do have um, a big Browns fan, uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, He he is, you know, exhausted now um, where the season is going for him. Uh, but we're, we want to bring him on the show because we want to know what he's worried about, what he, what his thoughts are, and we're kind of, kind of bounce those ideas off each other. 
And there's a lot of uncertainty coming into this game with the Cleveland Browns learning that they have some COVID running through their locker room. They have a practice squad guy tested positive and an assistant coach tested positive. So still waiting day to day and also waiting to see how many of their receivers are going to be back given as last week they had a decent amount of guys out. Plus, it's it was just handed down from the NFL that Miles Garrett will not be allowed to play with a helmet. So that'll be interesting um, to see. I mean, it makes sense why he shouldn't be able to play with one, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how he you know gets past the rule where you can't take your helmet off in the field of play. Yeah. So we'll just, they'll just get penalized every play. It's going to be very uh, probably depressing for Browns fans. In that same amendment to the rules, Mason Rudolph is actually being forcibly strapped into his helmet. <laughs> So um, he's got a padlock and everything. Only Tomlin's allowed to let him out. So it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. It's actually, we're not going to field any receivers. We're just going to have an offensive line behind the offensive line to protect Rudolph. And he's going to throw it away on every pass. If you've ever seen Mighty Ducks, it's a lot like the V formation, the flying V. Man, some Disney fans out there are really going to love that one, buddy. So joining us now is the Philly fanatic equivalent for the Cleveland Browns, uh, Mr. Christopher Mark. Christopher, nice to have you on. I don't think I'd say that, but um, I'll take it. Um, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Well, improving that you're actually you actually are the Philly fanatic equivalent of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's good to voir dire. And uh, kind of see your intelligence, your experience with the Cleveland Browns. How long would you say you've been a Browns fan? Um, since I started paying attention to the NFL. So I'd say like eight to ten years. So longer than three months. So our, our yes. expertise level has exponentially increased. If it increases at that rate, if it went from three months to about eight years, that means we have to find for the next fan base that we play probably someone that's been a fan for about 60 years. You're going to have an old man on. All right. I guess I'm having my dad on. (laughs) So with that eight years, has it felt longer, Chris? Um, it joined in a rough patch. So not great, but, um, I mean, everything's a rough patch for them. So no, it feels pretty normal. Yeah. You got to see the low. Just what I'm used to. You got to see that. Did you say it's like Stockholm syndrome for like a crappy team? Like they're just so bad that you <laughs> love them so much. Like people always make fun of me for being a Browns fan or like being a Michigan football fan. Like they're like, these teams suck. And you're like, I already chose them. Like that's who I'm going to support. Could have chose something better, but. I didn't, so no, now I have to live with it till I die. Don't listen to those people, Chris. You've you've seen the lows, yes, of an zero and sixteen and one and fifteen season, but you've seen the highs of like six and ten. So six and ten. There was there was those couple weeks at the end of the year where Baker did really well. Um, that was fun. <laughs> so what is that? So if that's the past. Let's look present right now. Uh, do you feel like the, you're going to get snake bitten or do you think that the Browns team riot rises above this week? Um, they say people are coming back on Thursday. So we'll see how those COVID protocols happen. Uh, just lost um, a couple more players today. So that's not great. 
Um, I think one was one was somebody from our secondary, and then uh, you need the oh, then we lost a, a tight end too, um, who was one of Baker's targets this past week. Was so, it Bryant? Yeah. God. <laughs> so uh, all depends on uh, how how well how fast people come back. Um, but uh, it was it was a rough game on Sunday, so I don't have high hopes if uh, people don't come back, even with um, the Steelers resting some players. So, have you heard this new theory on COVID that one of your players has? Have Have you heard? Um, I think it's is it my, yeah, it was Miles Garrett who said that if you actually whack a player with your helmet really hard, classic it'll, it'll, joke, it'll, my god, you'll get rid of the COVID in you. <laughs> you excited to see that matchup again? It'll be the first time since. Um, eh, I can it doesn't really like you it is said, what it is. I think it was you who said in private that you didn't really care if Mason said anything. Like, you know, you you would <laughs> just guys being dudes out there. <laughs> it's just bros playing ball, dude. Like, even with all the rumors that were flying out there, you're like, I stand behind Mason despite being a, a Browns fan. And I thought that that was bold of you, but I, I don't think I said that. <laughs> I think I distinctly remember you saying, I stand behind Mason no matter what he said. Garrett was in the wrong. I feel like that was verbatim what you said. I, even as a Steeler fan, I thought you were going a step too far, but I you know, appreciated you for your boldness. Yeah, crazy. You, you even started to list off <laughs> crazy how potential well things, things that Mason sound. said. You said it. You said verbatim, like 20 different things of how bad Mason could get, and none of them, I th- you know, 12 of them being 9-11 related, which I thought went too far, but – I was going to say somewhere between like nine or 11 related. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. So we're, we're resting Ben. Um, we might not be uh, resting any of our other starters. Do you, with a healthy Brown squad, if it, presumably if everyone comes back healthy, um, do you feel good? Um, healthy Brown squad. Yes. Um, if maybe only half the wide receivers come back and none of our linebackers come back, um, still worried. Um, if Baker doesn't have that many options, he's kind of a sitting duck in that pocket, and it really doesn't matter how good your line is, you're going to get kind of wrecked when they know you can only run the ball. Um, so that doesn't bode well. Um I think healthy wise, I think it would be a good matchup both sides. Um, but it's not how the NFL is this year. Everyone's everyone got to deal with some shit. Yeah, kind of sucks. Fact, but one guy sneezes like twice, and he's got to like go. Next sip thing you know, the facility's shut down for three days. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I would. What do you think would be the key then? I mean, do you think the difference would be regardless if you have your receipt? receivers or your linebackers, what happens there? Do you think if you guys can run the ball effectively either way, do you think that that will be enough to, to get you into the playoffs this year? Um, yeah. I mean, it's been the bread and butter all year, um, which is kind of unfortunate. You know, even if the running game's not working, it seems like they switch off and do get it going with some force some play action going on. 
Chicken um, Baker. But you can't really do that. Um, so it's either you, it's just going to be a game in the trenches if no one shows up. You know, <laughs> little little catchphrase like that. All right. Are you scared that the boys are starting their historic slide after losing to the Jets, much like the Steelers started their historic slide after losing to the Washington football team? Um, doesn't bode well that the Rams also lost the Jets and then lost the following week. So maybe the Rams suck. The Jets um, now. <laughs> who knows that you get rid of Greg Williams and your defense actually <laughs> shows up. It's kind of crazy. You know what? I've always said Gase is competent. It's it's this Williams guy on the defense. No, because think about He's it. He's too timid with play calling. Her. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to. This is not becoming a Jets Jets podcast at all, but they also would have beaten the Raiders had they had any of the defensive. Co- there might be something going on here. Had they did not just rush everyone. <laughs> so is your defense that the Jets are good and not that the Browns are bad? I just want to um, make, make that clear. Oh, oh no, that game the Browns sucked. Um, but the the Jets were competent enough to be a very injured team. Like they they actually got pressure on everyone, which kind of sucked but their defense wasn't bad i'll say that it was it was pretty average good enough and it reminds me of when hillary clinton and donald trump had to compliment each other at that debate you just their defense was competent you know it's just she, she's passionate he's got kids <laughs> <laughs> hillary you proved that i've had sex that was times. I appreciate such it. a stupid thing so it's being a Browns fan. <laughs> Rivalry week. I love it. Uh, well, um, yeah, at least sucks. At least Vegas uh, is in your favor. You guys are Cleveland's minus 10. So they're starting with 10 points right now. But where the overs 42 and a half. That's a pretty profound spread. I'd yeah. Say. I, I honestly, I, I think the Browns are going to, pull this out with us not going for it but i put money on that i'd say the steelers lose in less than 10 yeah i'd say if 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 we lose it'll be by less than 10 if we win it will definitely be by more than 10 yeah no it's like you you're guessing within the spread and i'd say the steelers are going to lose a close game against the browns i don't think the browns are going to run away with this one if you lose any money betting on this game it's not our fault the browns simultaneously make all the games close. Like that first half blowout against the Titans a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That ended up being kind of a close game at the end, just because I don't know. I don't know why. Tannehill magic. It came down to that. That that was a six point game in the end, right? 41, 35 Browns squeaked out a win. Yeah. yeah. But Baker had that really cool slide and spin and, you know, photo picture of Jarvis. Yeah. Like, three touchdowns in the first quarter. It was kind of crazy. I mean, they just squandered it the whole second half. But Kevin Stefanski has put in an admirable season. You know, he's not Freddie Kitchens. Um, there's Brian Flores down there in uh, in Miami. Even Mike Tomlin, honestly, we were 8-8 eight and eight last year. He, you know, he coached with a duck and Mason Rudolph. We might, quack, 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 quack. <laughs> we might be seeing two of the Coach of the Year candidates going up. Chris, make your case why you think, you know, maybe Brian Stefanski deserves that Coach of the Year award. Um, 
I mean, just every year, I guess this is this is how low the, the bar is. But every year, an offseason comes, and the Browns think, Browns fans think, all right, we need a new coach. Which coach are we looking at? And finally, in a year, it seems like we already know who our coach is, which kind of just shows that that man kind of just turned kind of the franchise, I don't want to say around, but forced them in the right direction, gave it some certainty. He has a lot of weapons. That's the case I hear against his. Um, Kitchens had the same weapons. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. You look at those teams, I, I say the same thing. I'm like, you can have a lot of talent. You got to be able to, like, coach it in the right direction. Um, and I don't mean to be a Browns fan here, but you are without Nick Chubb for, like, six weeks, and you still were pulling out wins during that period of time. Yes, you have Kareem Hunt, but yes. – when he's not kicking women, he's a very good running back. Um, but no, the, uh, to manage that without, with arguably your two worst, uh, your two best offensive players, OBJ and Nick Chubb, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of teams losing your number one wide receiver, your number one running back for an extended period would really derail some seasons, but still kept grinding through. Um, which I like. Um, you think with the playoff berth, he does deserve it, or you're not you're not kidding yourself there? I think so. Um, I mean, I don't have a hard case. I, you know, I like I like Flores down down in Miami, but that's kind of a mess right now as well. You know, you don't know who your quarterback is between the first half and the second half. So. He, he, he said it was like baseball. He pulled his starting pitcher and then put in his reliever, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We could be yeah. seeing the evolution of the NFL where we have an opening quarterback and then you switch in the last quarter to a closing quarterback and your offense just looks completely different. I've yeah, always said we should start with Put ben in a closer position, yeah. Put in a closer <laughs> I like the idea of starting Ben and then closing out that strong fourth quarter with Mason Rudolph. Sounds great for us. Jameis Winston's gotten some uh, some NFL saves, if you want to call it that, down in uh, down in uh, Nova this past year. Has he really? Yeah, they put him in the last couple last couple drives if uh, they're up by that much, and you know Drew Brees is old, so you think they'd let their true backup quarterback Taysom Hill close out those games? I don't understand that situation either, but whatever. As a Browns fan, were you ecstatic when Baker Mayfield became the first Browns quarterback in God knows how long to throw the most touchdown passes in Paul Brown Stadium or whatever your stadium's called? Um, to, 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 to pass Ben, whatever the stadium is, no one cares. Most touchdown passes and it's first energy. Yeah. <laughs> He has the most touchdown passes and most wins in that stadium now. Second is Ben Roethlisberger, so he just surpassed a non-Browns quarterback. Do you think that that is, says more about Baker or more about the string of quarterbacks that lay before him? Oh, it just says how god-awful every QB decision has been for the team for a while. Manny like, crying. Don't say nothing. Hey. Speaking like, of Manziel, what are your thoughts on him joining the fan-controlled football startup league? 
feel like I watched an interview with him recently. And I honestly just don't understand what that guy does. I think he lives in Vegas now. But the guy has to have lost all of his money by now, right? Now he's about to make it all back in droves in the fan led. Fan, I don't understand. Like, he got kicked out of the Canadian League, too, because he kind of sucked up there. I don't think he said thank you or sorry enough. <laughs> sort he of. also apparently came out, <laughs> hates maple syrup. So he was destined to not work. This just in. Uh, yeah, no, this this league, and this is a, such a derailment, but he's going to be – this league, the fans call the plays and the fans assemble the rosters. I don't know what we would do with that power. It's live-action fantasy. It, Flea flicker, every play. <laughs> <laughs> or you could pull no. the, the Randy Finkner and just run a jet sweep that gets you negative two yards. Philly special every second down. Hopefully Trey Burton's available in, in leagues. No, this is this is what it's all about. Ten and five, you know, ten yeah. and five Cleveland Browns versus the twelve and three Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a chance that the Pittsburgh Steelers win the division with a twelve and four record, and the Browns come in right behind them with eleven and five. I think that that's incredible. Like and possibly play each other in the first round. And that would be less incredible. I would prefer to not do that. That's why I would prefer to win, and then you guys like. The, the, the Colts lose as well, so you guys slide in still, but we don't have to play you. Browns won and they're in. But if you guys lose, I still hope to win, and then the Colts oh. lose. That way, I think you'd play Buffalo in Buffalo. I think I think how it stands, if we make it in, we'll be seventh seed, which means we'll inevitably play Buffalo, which I'm not excited about. Um, well, Shorts I, man, very good quarterback. I think the Buffalo Bills play the Dolphins. Dolphins are currently the fifth seed. Bills are the second seed. So if the Dolphins win that game, I that does something with you guys. I it's so much- it, it ends up going, I think, uh, if Dolphins, Ravens, Browns win, I think it ends up going, going in that order in terms of fifth, sixth, seventh place. It just must feel nice, and, and I know that – there's like a 55% chance that I think you guys make the playoffs. That's what it's been. It was like you know, 94 if we beat the Jets, just saying. <laughs> but uh, it is, it must feel pretty good to be able to control your own destiny. You know, there have been a few years where the Steelers were a bubble team and we needed a lot of losses to happen. And you guys do have the capability to put it away right now. Yeah. Um, honestly, very fortunate that the, uh, that the Steelers won last week, because if not, you're welcome. We out of here. Yeah, we're still we still have a few scenarios where we get that second seed. So we d- we decided not to quit. You know, if um, yeah, you have the tiebreaker over the Bills, right? Uh, the tiebreaker. No, we lost to them, but we have if we win and they lose to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are going to play their hearts out for that playoff spot. Um, we would get the second seed, which would be incredible, you know, for us. I got you. So sorry it sucks that no matter what happens with either of our teams, we have to make it through the Chiefs at some point. That's right. That is another team, and then we have to make it through the t- Tom Brady Buccaneers, and then the, the Tom Brady Gronkineers, whatever it is. The do you think Bill. they're? Do you think they're actually going to make it past like second round of the playoffs? You think they have a chance of making it to the NFC Championship? Who Buccaneers? The Bucks. I think I it'll think, be them versus Green Bay, most likely. I think if 
there is a t- like if a team is playing the best that they can, like if they play their best football, I'm not really sure there's a better team in the league than the Buccaneers. Yeah, but like everyone's been saying that every week, like, like oh, they're the best team on paper, which well, is kind of an not, insult. Did you not see them handily beat the Detroit Lions? Which is like kind of an insult for any team, like, like oh, you know they. They're the best team on paper. Well, how about the best team just normally? <laughs> like, I know you have so many weapons, but. So, yes, they have the best weapons, but come on, dude. They're kind of meh. Lose to New Orleans twice. Could you name right now, pop quiz, can you name any of the receivers that the Browns fielded last game that weren't tight ends? That weren't tight ends? No, they're all practice squad. I was listening to that. So I watched the first half, and then I stayed for, like, first couple drives of the third quarter and was like, eh, this ain't going great. Um, I, I was hoping I, I was hoping to come back at, like, a nice stop and a nice drive, but that didn't happen. Um, so I, then I was, drove back down to Dayton and proceeded to listen to the game on AM radio um, like, a, like a true fan. Um, and they were naming off these wide receivers that last drive. That last drive, Baker fumbles the ball. But, like, the previous – so the previous play was a completion of, like, nine yards. The previous two were, like, drops, just, like, hit him in the chest, hit him in the hands, drops. I was like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> well, it makes me <clears throat> – because what I'm getting at here in, you know – if you really care about this team, have you considered Chris? You're a six five man. You're slender. Um, you're still in shape. You smoke cigs and it doesn't bother your lungs. Let me ask you: Have you thought about reaching out to Kevin and seeing if he needed an extra set of hands? Um, every time I try to catch a football that's really <laughs> hard thrown, um, I always like jam a finger. So I'm not in the mood for that. You do have hands like bananas, buddy. But do you drop the ball? Because if you don't drop the ball, you could probably come play right receiver for us. With today's NFL glove technology, who knows? Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, don't, good. Don't finish it. We don't have the copyright for that, bud. I don't think that's a copyright thing. But we do have the copyright for a close-off here. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm going to go drink a beer. And I've been Josh, your leading expert on cream cheese. I'm Brady, the most likely to narrate the next 21 Savage album. And uh, this is We Could Have Been Doctors, but instead we decided to be here and uh, make another Steelers podcast for you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, promised you'd be plucky. And we brought Chris, so. Brought Clucky. Clucky and you brought Chris. I can't, oh boy, oh boy. We love oxymorons. See you next week.